So what do you know about that song? Well, I'm just surprised you played it. We don't ever really have country music on our podcast. No, I'm not a big fan of country music. Yes, but it speaks to me dearly. And that is another shortcoming of me becoming a redneck. This is true. I don't do beers. I don't do country music. (laughs) So I think I'm a lost cause. But it talked about dirt roads and uh, going for a ride. So. Well, he's highlighting the fun of like grabbing hay, and I had to load a couple tons of hay, and it's not really that fun. I don't know why it's uh, highlighted as some fun activity. No, no, no. See, that's the pain in the ass. It's loading the hay. <laughs> okay. It's, the good time is going on the dirt road with the cut. I guess the country music. Yeah. Uh, probably some beer, but taking a ride on the dirt, we do that. Yeah, and then he he seemed to go in and get a buy something at the store and it was a cute girl that's uh, a clerk so it's like going to D&B and getting uh, flirting with the girl at the stand or something I don't know like I I, I'm not getting that lifestyle but I do know that loading hay isn't isn't fun I have to even take off the sled deck load Mm -hmm. up the hay and go home and unload it Mm -hmm. that's why I guess uh, you develop devices with hydraulics to pick up stuff like that. But you do have a tractor. I do, and I did have big bales for a while, and then it, I went back to small bales again. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I've, I've picked up plenty of hay with my tractor. Nice. But I'm back to small bales. It's not fun. Convenient, though? Yeah, it's a little more convenient to throw those around. Right. But I guess it helps build some strength for training for something, picking up snowmobiles. Yeah, and I heard you were training for something else, too. Yeah, well, I'm getting in pretty good shape. Nice. We'll, we'll see how see how I go. Is that, uh, this, that's this Saturday, right? Yeah, there's a, uh, supposedly a backcountry ski race. Okay. We'll see. I don't know. It might nice. just be a backcountry rock race. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I should wear my uh, gaiters and hiking boots. <laughs> yeah, you might. Uh, yeah, don't even, your t-shirt. You might be able to run. Well, that's what I was doing. I was training, like, Rocky Balboa at the coast. Actually, did Rocky train on sand? Yeah, isn't there a scene of him running on sand or something? You know, I've never seen it, so I can't testify to that. Anyway, I was out running on the sand. Sands of Oregon. Beautiful Oregon coast where people were laying out in the sun. Summer 2018 (laughs) already. Wearing shorts. uh, Taking some, some drone shots. Dealing with dogs everywhere. Oh, of course there was dogs. Dogs everywhere. Dog fights. Dogs pooping on sand. Dogs running along, messing with everything. You know, I like dogs to an extent, but you're right. They're always like in the way or inconveniencing everybody. Yeah. And people are, especially down there, people are just so uh, ignorant to the fact <laughs> that the dogs are roaming loose. Yeah. Ruining the snowy pluffins, pl- plovins, snowy ploven protected birds yes <laughs> found one dead in the sand oh geez yeah <laughs> so anyway we've with a uh, limited snow uh i diverted to some coastal activities which was fun nice over there but man that fire 
the fire from the summer. The Eagle the, Fire? The big Eagle Creek fire. No, not the Eagle Fire. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. That's right. That was the other Eagle Fire. Yeah, one of five or six Eagle Fires. But the Eagle Creek, to be exact, probably not the only Eagle Creek fire in the nation, but the one that got all the attention, man. It really, there's a lot of burnt timber up there. I was surprised. And then every every trail, every trail over there is closed to the public. Which I, I don't get. I know they're logging and salvaging some stuff out of there. But we don't close off our trails once the fires are done. We hike hike around and do stuff on our trails. But it for must some be reason, a democratic uh, thinking process. Yeah, there's some protection of the public, I guess, going on. Whereas out here, they don't care if a uh, burnt snag falls on us and kills us. Huh. You just do whatever. <laughs> go hike. Go snowmobile and some right. freshly burnt timber. Yep. Uh, yeah, too bad it doesn't snow down there at Multnomah Falls. Yeah, well, there was actually some snow still hanging out on some of the banks over there. But oh, wow. The ice and the falls were, were going really good. The, and the ice was all broken up. But I think there, there was definitely still some snow up there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was seeing snowmobilers charging out our direction. Even talked to some from the, they say there's no snow around the Mount Hood area. So they, they come out here to snowmobile. Which, you come out here and... Uh, what did I say on Friday? I found three feet was the most snow I'd seen all winter, and that was up mm-hmm. at uh, the secret spot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, which it was a good day, but still, you know, it's not. We're not working with a lot of snow here. Yeah, the, the coverage is not <coughs> not great, but it's just good enough. And that storm last one ended. It started off so good, but it ended so warm. It was like it like, was miserable. Yeah, warm way up high, and then then it turned to spring like back again. So. We're getting a good spring going, at least. Yeah, nothing like spring snowmobiling, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's getting to start think about like uh, mountain biking and, and those kinds of activities. But I don't know, February, March—that's when our big snows come in. So yeah, I, mean, I just wish there was a little more base. I'm to, holding on to, to your to, theory to build build on, but we'll we'll definitely have winter turn on here at some point. But um, in the meantime, I was, I've was i also been listening to some podcasts and about the Wilderness Bill on mountain biking. And I'm thinking, I, I think I'll just have a, a separate uh, podcast because there's some things I want to say about, about that. But the latest podcast I was listening to out of the Reno area, the MTB podcast, uh, had, had some talk of Joseph Oregon in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Basically saying it's this beautiful place, pristine, but... There's no mountain biking. That's, that's what the guy said in there. Sounds about right. And, but they're basically talking about how in that wilderness, the wilderness lines just go right up to almost the road, all the roads right outside of Joseph and yeah. really cuts off a lot of opportunities. And that's been my my thing from the start is around here we have so many trails just disappearing. They're not getting used. And we've got the majority of our trails are in the wilderness. So we're kind of locked out of these trails, plus they're just disappearing anyway. Yeah. So uh, it's it's more of a, a local issue that uh, hopefully this bill keeps keeps moving. But anyway, we'll talk about that in another podcast. But I was kind of surprised to hear an hour into that podcast the mention of Joseph Oregon. Yeah, that's crazy. All <laughs> yeah. the way from Reno, Nevada. Yep, and they've got tons of mountain biking down there and tons of legal mountain biking on Forest Service trails. But then there's some wilderness issues there also. But they've got plenty of other options, unlike here. Uh, which we have limited options outside of the wilderness and lots of options inside if we mm-hmm. can get that passed. But he was talking specifically about Joseph Oregon. 
so I didn't expect that to come come through on that podcast. But anyway, maybe we'll have a I'll have a separate one to talk uh, a little bit more about that bill. Yeah, you know, the wilderness is kind of a not a touchy issue, but people are very consistent with their arguments, saying that well, you know, it's got to stay pristine the way it was. And then you hear people from the Forest Service talk about how they can't. Well, we can't maintain the trails, and so it's like, well, why would you just why would you bar people from being able to go in there and do their own trail maintenance if you can't do it? We already know the Forest Service contracts for ninety percent of everything else they do, so why yeah. why not let the people be responsible for doing their own, you know, self policing yeah. essentially? And um, when you add in the mountain bike groups, those are your best uh, trail maintainers. Well, how many miles on a mountain bike could you cover in a day? Uh, Average. With trail work, with trail Average. working, oh, uh, without trail working, yeah, uh, I don't know. Going on a 20, 30 mile ride isn't out of the question. So with trail work, about half, fifty percent, seventy. Yeah, trail work really slows it down. Depends on the trail and if you have to get a saw out and yeah, um, and then if there's no chainsaw use, that's still a problem. But um, but yeah, you can you can cover a lot more, like at least double or triple the amount of. Uh, ground you cover and, and cut out and do a brush in and those kinds of things if you're on a bike so it definitely yes. definitely help and just simple things like being able to take a wheelbarrow or something into the right. wilderness is something you can't do currently but we could talk about that in another podcast in the meantime we've got um, more on our continuing theme of redneck angels and almost immediately after our last podcast uh we went straight from well, exactly what we were talking about, the the county's continued strategy just not to plow. Yes. To maintain, <laughs> we had a snow day, no plowing whatsoever, and Hunter Road was. Was that uh, ice Christmas ring. Day or the? No, we're talking about which day was this? The uh, I don't know. Is it, but it, was it the time I ran off the road? Yeah. Oh yeah. So it was the day that uh, you went off the road. We were just talking about driving tips and. It was a literal like like that was slick, slick as snow on a road. Yeah, ever. it was no even plowing snow at that point. It was like <laughs> literally a sheet of ice. I might as well been driving on a lake. Yeah, and so you went off, um, and you called you called me as your redneck angel. But basically, I showed up at the exact same time that a redneck angel materialized. At the I don't know if you could call him a redneck. He, that was like. A hillbilly. <laughs> that was a redneck. Like I heard the banjo music playing. That's how. That's how hillbilly that was. Yeah. Well, he definitely had. I mean, he looks teeth. like he belongs in that uh, <laughs> that video we watched, the Earl Dibbles video. That's where he looks like he belongs. Yeah, definitely not a John Party. No. That that guy. Yeah, that's not even close. Yeah. Look at his teeth. They're yeah. so much better. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he actually has teeth. But this guy, he showed up within seconds. And that was our, our theory was, remember the Redneck Angel yep. didn't show up? It was too early in the morning. This was like in the afternoon. Yeah, it was like and this two guy, o'clock. You went in the ditch and literally within within seconds, yeah. this guy came out of nowhere with his big old old model F, whatever it was, 350. Yep. And he was instantly out of his truck and he's like, need any help? <laughs> yep. And we're like, sure. And next thing you know, like even before I is able to line up my truck he's yeah, you taking you out traffic like, control you had your chain out because you were across everything yeah, i was blocking the lane <laughs> of the whole the whole road yeah and i saw some some 
liberal in a Subaru come by. He didn't even bother Redneck Angel. He like drove around like yeah, what a what a prick. Yeah, drove uh, around a side road just to yeah. avoid even eye contact. Yeah, exactly. But this Redneck Angel was on top of it. He was there pulling you out within seconds, and so you actually momentarily were in the in the negative deficit for Redneck Angel, and then I heard you. Got back in the to even at least. Yeah, it was Christmas. I was headed to work, and I it's kind of funny. It happened here at the university. Someone was stuck in the parking lot. And I mm. pulled over and I pulled him out and yep. got to work. It's important. Now you need to get back in the positive category. Yeah, but it hasn't been stolen, so I haven't been able to do any uh, re- <laughs> yeah. recovery. Yeah, but that was amazing. We were just wondering if Redneck Angels had taken hiatus, and literally within days we had our first incident, yes. and they were on top of it. It was, it was, and then the thing was too, like, you were out, and I literally, like, I swear, I, uh, you'd just undone your, the chain and whatever, and I turn around, the guy's gone. He was, he's like, he materialized and he disappeared. Yeah, exactly. Just like a real angel. Yep. Uh, he was, he was gone. And he, he also had the kids and the whole family oh, yeah, in the, the truck. <laughs> and they just didn't even care, like, it was a normal day, and they were yeah. still playing around, had some music cranking, and yep. he, he did his job, and they were gone. Yeah, it was, it, it couldn't get any more iconic than that. Yeah, and, and it was this, perfect. This guy had to have been one of my neighbors, but I've never seen the guy because he's right down the road. Oh, he is. He came off of End Road there. Oh. And and but I've never once seen that truck, and I'm all the way down End Road. I, I think it's it was a miracle. It was like a Christmas miracle. Yeah, although it wasn't quite Christmas <laughs> yet, but yeah. Yeah, you were the Christmas miracle for someone else. Yeah. So that that was that was an amazing thing that already happened, but and then I I hear you saw some. Uh, ODOT being some redneck angels to a truck. <laughs> you know, it always makes me wonder, like, why do the truckers think they don't need chains? Because as soon as they get going up the hill, they start spreading out. So, of course, I just happen to be cruising, you know, the websites and stuff, and sure enough, there's the ODOT plow pulling somebody with his, the plow front of yeah. his truck out of the snub bank. Yeah. Some, yeah. Uh, some truck. <coughs> well, I was talking to a, a fuel delivery guy who drives over the mountains a lot, and down in Elgin and, and uh, we were talking about he had some issues too going over the pass where it was sheets of ice but he says he, he can go off of what the Bowman guys are doing when they're chaining up he knows you better be chaining up because they're used to driving over those yeah the Bowman guys are really the telltale yeah but we need to get in on their their radio network so because they communicate back and forth yeah, to each other you're right we got so to be able to figure out find out what the listen in on Bowman network yeah find out how many people are cursing out while they're barreling down the road at 60 90, miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, right through the middle of the Spout Springs. Uh, yeah, almost snow park. Blowing us off. I'd like to hear some of those conversations. But anyway, they drive it constantly, and uh, I rarely see a Bowman truck crash, but I'm sure sure it happens. This guy actually said that if you had slid off before on the, this, this one really bad day, um, he saw a couple Bowman trucks that slid off. But... Um, but they seem to have a dial. You see them chaining up in the right spots at the right yep. times. But uh, still, um, it'd be nice to listen in on that network. Get a CB. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been a lot of stuff happened. We have we're really slacking off on the podcast. Well, we've been so busy. I actually went to the um, New Year's celebration in Legrand. Oh, you did? Yeah. There's. I found out there's one thing that Legrand is really good at, and that's dropping the ball. Very funny. Yeah. Just like our uh, lovely sign that they had in Baker City. <laughs> <coughs> the Grand Lakes Company. Yeah. 
So I was I was down there. There was a fair amount of people out there. Even saw right before the stroke of midnight, I saw a drone crash into a tree. <laughs> was that? It must have been a, a certain somebody's drone. No, this I think this was a smaller drone. Oh, okay. I th I think I snapped a pretty good picture of someone climbing up in a tree rescuing the drone. That's great. Right, right before the ball dropped, but it was it was good good event. Um, by uh, mainly by Ashley O'Toole, uh, otherwise known as uh, what's his what Hollywood Ashley. Oh, is that who he is? <laughs> I th think he just came from Hollywood. Um, doing tours down there so what what's he needs a nickname he's so just instrumental and uh ashley wood uh otuli wood otuli wood yeah otuli wood nice <laughs> sounds kind of irish put on a, a good <laughs> good show down there um but anyway i think he's <coughs> doing a lot of good stuff for our community and yeah also helping me sell some property he was my realtor this year he sold some property sweet so good, good to have him around. Um, He's a man of many facets. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And we've had a few other conversations with Tollgate Sheriff. Um, well, yeah, he wanted us to come party at the clubhouse for New Year's Eve. Yeah, there was a big party up there, and run into him a few more times up there at the Tollgate area. But it's, uh, and that's been at the go-to spot because that's where the most snow is. Um, but the store is still not open there. We were supposed to get that. Story. I know there was a news article and everything. I was reading about it, and it sounded like it was going to be really great. And yeah. Well, so we're still brewing our own coffees up there, but we're looking forward to having something yeah. open up in that Tollgate area. Yep. So hopefully that happens soon because winter 2018 is coming. Yep. <laughs> At some point. That's what I keep telling people. I said, just wait till February. It's still, uh, still January, though. Um, and the disappointing thing just is there's not quite enough coverage to get a, cover these trees, because usually you get these waves in February. But um, as we saw last year, even in April, we were getting these huge dumps of snow. So, yeah. Uh, it, will, it will probably be all in all good. In the meantime, it gives me a few minutes to... to uh, bring the snow bike in and chipping away on a few mods here and there and trying to get that optimally functioning. I'm learning a lot about snow bikes. Good. So when are you getting one of yours? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think I probably need to get one. I think so. Need some Calling all snow bike partners. I need a snow bike partner. Someone that can go out. It's just The thing is, with between snow bikes and snowmobiles, you're just in different places. <coughs> It's it's kind of tricky from an avalanche standpoint, especially because you can disappear off and no one's really spotting you, and you might be yeah. in the trees. And um, so I, I think it there needs to be some some better strategies for snow bikers because you really you're thinking you're on slopes differently. So even if you're out with a bunch of snowmobiles, um, I mean you're just in different spots. So uh, even with another snow biker. Um, you know, you're wanting to go boondocking some trees and stuff, and then you might be on some slopes. It's really kind of hard to to be spotting each other out there. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what, more risky. what the best solution is because I know I now I'm like seeing stuff on my snowbike. I'm like I gotta go over there, but then I realize you know you might be out. <laughs> but I, and I've also been going out more on my own with snowbike because when you get stuck, 
you can get unstuck yourself. Um, yeah. It's a little easier to go solo, but then going solo, um, you don't want to expose yourself to some of the steeper terrain, so you're kind of limiting your options there. Uh, but I did read this good article once about, can't remember where it was, but recommendations on backcountry skiing by yourself, which is kind of one of those, um, it's a big no-no. You always have to have a partner when you go in the backcountry, someone to help yeah. rescue you from avalanche and so forth. But <coughs> the, the premise was interesting. It, it was the premise that you, uh, you should never ski terrain that is uh, risky, period. In other words, if right. if if you're going to ski that slope and you ski it only because you have a partner there that you can dig you out, like you never want to be in an avalanche in the first place. Yeah. So you really shouldn't be skiing that slope, period, if you think there's a chance it's going to have you. Yep. So the idea is, if you, it shouldn't matter. Your choices should be the same solo or with a partner. But I mean, the the whole thing is like at least having a partner. If you do get buried, it's in the end, it's an accident. Like you never intend to get buried in well if you slope. look at the statistics though like and we've talked about this before the chances of actually getting caught in an avalanche are pretty minimal you know if you look at all all the people that go out in the backcountry and how many times someone's actually caught yeah it's very small you're especially on a snow machine the chances of you having a mechanical failure is a lot greater than the avalanche so that's yeah. why it's important to have a partner or in in really the other stuff we're doing it's riskier like driving to the place yep uh actually snowmobile like we saw with uh, Cole last year dying on a snowmobile like hitting a we think it was hitting a tree yeah. like a limb on a tree we don't know no one saw it um, but those kinds of things just being on the snowmobile like same with skiing you know, skiing hitting a tree yeah. um, falling down a, a cliff like tumbling over head injury <coughs> those things actually are probably the, the bigger risk in the long run and yeah, that's why it's a problem too like being out solo on a sled or whatever if you do run into a tree if you're unconscious there no one's there to help help you uh yeah you could die of hypothermia or something but in the end like everything you do is has some risk involved with it and so I think yeah it's about that risk management but yeah i've been going out solo and um it just it does make me think about terrain choices differently uh being solo um but just the idea of with a partner snow biking um at least you could kind of be able to uh be in similar terrain and get some more tries on out there definitely um, uh, but it's it's a tricky thing and how to coordinate that and i know montana state university has been doing this research on snowmobilers and decision making and it really is like snowmobiles you can get so far separated so quickly and you like to go around play on a hill but sometimes you don't know where everyone in your party is because there's not a lot of communication going on and that's one of the key elements is that communication piece and I know more and more people in the groups we're going out with have um, you're getting the BCA radios and that yeah. seems to become the de facto um, good radio to use with both backcountry skiing and snowmobile use is that BCA radio and I've been using it a uh, season and a half now and I think it is the best um, remote mic setup out there on any radios right now and um, I'm hearing more and more snowmobilers using it and uh, just having those pre-programmed ABC kind of makes it simple yep. um, to do that. So if you can get on those frequencies and BCA has been promoting common frequencies in the backcountry so you can communicate with other groups out there too, uh, which we've seen happen a couple times even in our sparsely populated areas. We've 
had some communication with other groups. Um, but I think that's, if you're going to get one radio, it's a little bit spendy, but getting one of those, or at least being on the same frequency as those those radios, the BCA, I think, makes a pretty good product for that. And the range is pretty good. Not as good as our ham radios. Well, of course not. Using repeaters and higher power, but um, uh, a lot of people aren't going to be ham radio certified. And plus, that's yeah. not the fix-all. Like, we've, we've run into a lot of problems with repeaters being down or... Yeah, also a couple of different problems. Or scratchiness and non non optimal. <laughs> yeah. Mike, mics opening up when they shouldn't be, that kind of stuff. But Yeah, I'll tell you the Bofang though is coming through pretty good right now. Yeah, you're working with a new radio. I'd like to get one of those now. Yeah. Uh, you've been troubleshooting it. Yep. But anyway, we're we'll be we'll be out in, in action more. We've actually we've for what a pitiful winter it's been. We have been getting out a lot. Yeah, we've been out we've almost got 30 times. We've got a ton of observations up on our website. Uh, we might even have more than we had up last year this time. We might have. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, been out on, on the machines, too, so it's not like it's um, there's nothing out there. Yeah, and I know we've already uploaded, you know, 200 and some pictures. Yeah. So it's been pretty good. Yeah, I'm not, not complaining. We're getting out. There, yeah. is, there is some some snow, and then... Well, the no, mean- Fanny had that six feet of snow, so yeah. I'd be eager to go over there and see mm-hmm. what's going on. But in the meantime, I've been out, out riding the uh, bike. has been great. Like, the roads even dried out. Oh, getting some, some uh, climbing repeats in. Um, going on... Um, even going up over Hug Road. and I think this... Uh, I was coming down the other side, and it was a sheet of ice. I shouldn't... I should have just turned around, but... I ended up using the scooter method, where, oh. <laughs> where, yeah, scooter methods where you you're unclipped and you are still on your your tires, but you're just using one leg to kind of propel yourself like a skateboard or scooter. Ah, and which what it does is keep you gives you another contact point on the ground, um, which normally it's not the greatest thing to ever put a foot down on the ice you're better off just staying on your tires right but i was just kind of yeah and of course you're riding studless yeah and i was riding studless and i was kind of working some grooves on the side and i was like i'm gonna make it through this and people driving by me and they were looking at me weird like what's he doing on this (laughs) sheet of ice but then once it got back to the dirt again i was hauling ass (coughs) you can go downhill on a bike faster than the cars drive yeah you i was can. like drafting off this car forever after he saw me jeez scooting on the ice but uh but the usually this time of year like yeah, you fully have to be on studs to do a pumpkin ridge loop out there in northern somerville the scenic murder tour yeah well i, I remember uh what was it three years ago i was biking at mira in shorts like what was it like the January first week April. it was like yeah it yep. was like very last of January. Yep. So this isn't abnormal. It just seems to be every three or four years um, we get a, a, a slow or a minimal snowpack, and and then some of the trails open up really early. Um, so it's it's not it's not a, a wave of global warming that suddenly hit us this year. No. At least. Uh, at least that doesn't seem to be the case. So we'll see what happens coming up. But right now, it's not looking at, like anything promising for big snowstorms. Maybe well, this I don't weekend. Know. I was thinking. I saw the uh, the models were showing some snow coming in Thursday, Friday into the weekend, and 
Uh, I think it might probably stay stone for a while, so that's good. Well, there we go. Of course, February. Here, the uh, snowmobiling in Montana right now has been phenomenal, so maybe we need to go yeah, to Montana. Yeah, every one of the storms I've seen are crushing down through Canada and just missing us <coughs> to the north. And yeah. I'm hearing like northern Idaho is getting slammed with snow, so. Yeah, road trip. The problem is, we, yeah, we need to uh, be traveling traveling to where the snow is i guess but yeah i don't know it, around here i'm always just take whatever it gives you <laughs> it just it's it, if it's not good snow it's good mountain biking or something i guess but actually all in all it's always crappy everything here <laughs> that's the reality i'm just trying to i try to make the best of well whatever, it is grand <laughs> whatever is is given yeah come on john party is that his real name, Party? Hey, wasn't she just the one at D&D? I think so. <laughs> I think I've seen her before. She's taking her clothes off. And the, she's already in his car, man. This guy's on fire. Is that a Bronco? He loads hay. Or is that a... Uh, it might be an international. Yeah. A scout? Yeah, I think that is. International. See, they're taking her... Oh, or it's an old road. Bronco. You might be right. Much older than my Bronco. Yes. Speaking of the quick stop, I stopped in at the Ember Market and had a sandwich there. I was very impressed. It's very good. The yeah, the Ember Market's a good one. Wow, that's amazing. He's got his jeans on in the water. Very hillbilly. Yeah, she was already in her Daisy Dukes. Yep. The hat on. He still has got his hat on, swimming in the water. I can't, I could never pull that out. We'll get you there.